Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. And welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. We are your hosts. I'm Kim France. And I'm Jen Romolini. And we're just here today recording another episode for you. How are you doing, Jen? Um, well, a couple of things. Um, it's our hundredth episode. <gasps> this is our hundredth episode. That's yes. so crazy. Or- I'm so sorry. We're gonna have to like put a pin in this and celebrate it later. I'm just too fucking busy to celebrate it today. But no. you know, hi, but it is our hundredth episode. Hello. Yay. So amazing. Yay. Um, I'm having a real crisis of confidence this week. I don't know. Has that ever happened to you? I just am like, I'm feeling really scared. It's, I should say it's my last week of writing my book. I wrote the book. The book is open on the screen behind the screen where we're recording this podcast. Mm -hmm. I wrote it up to the second that we're recording and I will still, I will continue writing afterwards. And I'm frantic. I'm, I'm frantic. I feel exposed. I can't believe that I wrote a book this personal. I'm, I'm disappointed that it's not what I thought it was going to be. I can't, I have no perspective on what it is. And I feel really fucked up. I feel really fucked up. But who doesn't, when they're finishing their book, who doesn't feel a little snowblind and a little dazed and a little bit like, I didn't mean for this to come out and why didn't this whole other awesome thing come out? But it's your, it's your, it's, it's your first draft of the book. I mean, it's, it's, it's just still kind of early, which is good and bad, I guess. Yeah, it's fine. It's just next Monday, by the time this, when this comes out, my book will have, will be, unless I lose, unless I like sort of lose my, my nerve, my book will be with the first round of readers, my editor and my agent. And that is a really terrifying, a really terrifying moment to know. And it will be with my husband. And I write a lot about our marriage and it's just, it's just really scary. So I'm, I'm feeling really scared But I will say, as you get older, and this is one of the real pleasures and benefits of getting older, I approach this second book so much better than I did the first. I feel all of these feelings, but I can identify them. They're not taking, oh, they're not taking over. I at least am aware of what's happening. When I was working on my book before I decided not to do it, um, I was so embarrassed to show my editor what I'd been working on that I hired an editor. To oh, show it wow. to you, I hired a freelance okay. editor and I mentioned it at one point to my edit, my re- my book editor. And she was like, why did you do that? Like, I mean, if you want to, fine. But like, do you not feel like I'm capable of editing your book? And she was like, no, 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 no. I just want you to see what shit it is. Right, right. No, I know. And that's the thing. It's like the mature way to handle work and the healthier way to handle work of any kind 
is not to hoard all the work, not to be afraid, to understand that it's a collaboration and that you can only do so much and not white knuckle it like that, you know? It's true. Without the shame too. It's true, but it's slightly different when it's creative work. Yeah. Because it, it, it you know, if you work selling real estate, then you're not going to feel as much of your soul on the line every day. True. You know, True. you might you might feel a lot of things and you might get a lot of meaning out of what you do for a living, but your soul isn't on the line. And the kind of writing you've been doing is intensely personal and also is intensely personal about people who aren't you. Yes. And I can see That's, where that would be very stressful. It is very stressful, but I will say I think that all work is best when it's collaborative is my new, my real new idea about things because we are not alone here, even though it's often feels that way. And you can't have perspective on yourself. You need other people, just like you need other people to be in community with other people to know who you are and how you are. You can't sort that shit out on your own. Yeah. And I feel like it's the same for your work. And I just have figured that out, that it's okay to let go before it's perfect, just like it's okay to show up with someone who loves you without being perfect. Right. I think I was afraid to let people know me for years because I didn't want them to know how imperfect I was, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's the same with work. And you know, I actually am out of my mind and I don't even know what I'm talking about because I've just been working so much. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think anything. you probably do have any perspective on what you're writing right now. And how can no. you? How can you? You're in such a heightened zone. I am. But I'm excited for it to be over because I'm excited for the projects on the other side, including our secret project that we're going to start working on, yes, our I'm, next project. I'm very, I'm very excited for our secret project. And the other day, Paul was like, why don't you start working on that secret project? And I was like, I got to wait. Got to wait for <laughs> Romolini. You could start where I would not be. If you started working on it, I just feel like you won't. Yeah, <laughs> that's more likely. You were an like easy excuse. But you, <laughs> <laughs> I would not be mad if you started working on our secret project is the thing. I would not be mad. I would be excited for you. But I'm excited to start working on that. And I'm excited to dedicate more time to the podcast. There's a yeah. lot of guests we want to book and, you know, there's just a lot, there's a lot. I feel really excited about the next stage of getting, of, of being at the end of this Shawshank tunnel I've been in for the, like, you know, <laughs> for like, that started like four years ago. And it feels like I might finally be coming out of, which is, which is exciting. But so yeah, that, that's, that's how I am. A lot of listeners, and I want to say thank you so much, wrote in really kind, um, kind parenting support. And I want to say thank you. That always means so much to me because I, I was really struggling last week with parenting. I think I'm struggling a little less this week, but um, anyway, thank you for that. How are you, Kim France? How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm really fine. Everything is pretty good. Um, yeah. I just realized this week that I've been doing girls of a certain age for 10 years. Wow. Wow. I'm God, that's a long time. Oldest living blogger. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's nice. It's nice. But it is a long time. You know, to do the how same do you thing. feel about it? It is the same thing. How do you feel about it? Well, you know, I mean, I feel like the best thing to come out of my blog is the community around it mm -hmm. and the women who've, you know, who've made themselves regulars and made themselves regular commenters. And I feel very devoted to them and I feel very devoted to keeping this community going. Right. Um, it gets hard to think of a different clothing item to post about every day or a different beauty product or a different item for the home. Um, you know, that stuff, that gets to be a grind, but it does for anybody. I think that doing the same kind of writing, while it makes you really good at that kind of writing, it, it just burns you out. It does. I, it's, 
I feel, yeah. I mean, I do, I have felt more burnt. I, I go through phases when I feel burnt out by it. I feel, you know, I don't know. I like it. I like it. You know, I am, I do feel a little antsy. I feel like I need a project. I feel like I need a new project and we I have our secret project and that's going to be- Our secret project. Our secret project is seriously, our secret project begins Monday. So- Awesome. Okay. Then I don't have to worry about this anymore. <laughs> you don't that's have great. to worry. Okay. You don't have to worry. My yeah. other thing I've been thinking about is leaving the city. Wow. Oh my God. End of an era. I, 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 I feel weird even saying it. I don't think it's going to happen right away. I'm re-signing the lease on the place I live in now, but I, yeah, leaving the city, it's a possibility. What? That's so funny because I have fantasies of, of moving back to the city, but what do you want to get out? Why? Let's talk about it. Why, why would you want to leave the city and what, what do you hope to, what do you hope would be different in your life if you did? What do I hope would be different in my life? I mean, I would like to the, I mean, the view out my bedroom window is pretty, but I would like a really, I would like to wake up in the country every morning. Okay. I would just like to wake up in the country, look out the window and see nature. I'd like to be able to have a big yard that dogs could run around in. And I would like room. Yeah. You know, I think I would just like room and you know, since I moved to Brooklyn, something interesting has happened, which is when I go into Manhattan, I'm really overwhelmed. It's just too much, too many people on the street, too much stuff going on. And I, even in Brooklyn, I just feel like, you know, the city is weird right now. It still is. And, you know, there aren't as many social services as there usually are. So there are people who are, you know, in need of help and desperate on the street a lot yeah. and I had yeah. a really kind of unpleasant interaction in a Dwayne Reed a couple weeks ago where I think I talked about it but no it was, no well, you didn't it was very weird a woman was standing in line in front of me and started kind of harassing me for no reason that I could tell hmm. and so I turned to the woman behind me and I turned to the woman in front of me and to both of them I said did I say something to her like do you know what this is like just try just yeah. I was just confused Neither of those women would even acknowledge my existence. Oh. And it was just the, it was, you know, it's not like shit like that happens every day. You know, it just, yeah. it, it, it stuck in my mind. Like this desperate woman was harassing me. And then those two women were like, I'm not getting involved with the craziness. Right. And, right. you know, I know that, you know, there are desperate people and lacks of social services everywhere. I just, um, it gets harder to live here. Yeah. And, you know, I, yeah. I, and I don't feel like, you know, there was a subway shooting. That's terrible. That's awful. That's tragic. Right. And it's amazing that nobody died in that subway shooting. Yeah. But it's not like I feel that way about the city. Like, I don't feel like, you know, New York has reached some, some, some breaking point and now is right. no longer livable. It's just what I care to tolerate now. Yes. Yes. And also... One of the things, one of the reasons we left was because the things that make New York great or some of the things, a lot of the things that we loved about New York were no longer for us. Mm -hmm. We were not going out at night anymore. Right. We didn't need, we didn't want, we, you know, we were not, we had a baby. We were not like, you know, going to an amazing restaurant and then, oh, great, because there's a bar four blocks away that you also want to go to. And there's right. all, you know, there's like, I'm going to just suck up everything the city has to offer, which is like a packed in day, you know, of just like a million things. And we didn't want that kind of, we didn't, we couldn't have that kind of life anymore because we had a, we had a baby. And even the other day here, because I live in a, you know, I live in a more, you know, New York-y, part of Los Angeles. And I left the, I work out of a writer's cottage. Some days I rented desks in this writer's cottage. It doesn't matter, but it's on like right off the main strip. And I was walking home at about eight 30 at night and, you know, people were out really dressed up 
you know, people looking to hook up, people looking to have just like a scene that is not my scene anymore. Mm-hmm. Loud restaurants where you can't talk to people in them, you know, yeah. just like piles of people on the street. And I was thinking like, why do we live in this expensive neighborhood where none of these amenities are really for us anymore? Right, right. You know, and it, it, you do shift I worry because I have some of those same inclinations. I worry about that move, that move out of a city. Well, I, I don't know why. I worry for community reasons, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I think that, you know, connect, I've never been good at connecting with new people. Like my yeah. mother is insanely good at it and just picks up friends wherever she goes. But I've never been, I've never been great at that. You know, I've traveled alone, but I'm not one of those people who, when they travel alone, like meets people. I'm just one of those people who gives out a force field that says like, don't come anywhere near me. So I do worry about that. I mean, Paul is much, much, much better at that. He's, he's, you know, very affable and very easy, you know, it's very easy for him to make friends. So I think I'd have that. I could lean on him. But I do worry because, you know, for although, you know, you look at upstate, like half of Brooklyn has moved upstate. So you don't have to worry about company. I mean, if anything, it's overrun with people from Brooklyn. Yes. I also, that's the thing. I worry about the isolation. But it occurs to me that you and I both have gregarious, very social mothers who just know how to like, who like move through the world socially, at least with ease. Mm -hmm. And like my mom has a million friends. My mother is never not talking to one of her friends, having lunch with one of her friends. And I feel like a social troll. Like I am just like, ah, don't come over. Don't see me. (laughs) I wonder, I wonder, and I'm, I'm putting my head, hands over my head and ducking while I'm saying. Like you're a troll who's hiding. Like, exactly. Eh. (laughs) I wonder what that is because we both had, you know, good social skills modeled for us. And we're neither of us. What do you think that is? I don't know. I don't know. I've just always felt like it was just my essence, you know, like (laughs) if you met me, you might like me. Like if we met under some circumstance, but like, you know, I like people say, oh, you know, go to a yoga class. You'll make friends in yoga. You'll I'm like, I'm not going to make friends in yoga. I'm not going to like try to talk to anyone in yoga. Well, also, I think I'm an acquired taste. I don't <laughs> think that it would just be like, yep, that one. That's the person I, I feel, strike up a cup by the pool. You yes. know, no. Yes, I feel the same way. I feel the same, a, a lot the same way sometimes. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, it, it, it's kind of amazing I have any friends at all. Yes. Well, I feel like, well, because I'm also cantankerous. Like, I feel like the, remember in The Lost Daughter? Did you see that? Did you ever watch The Lost Daughter? I watched about the first third of it. Okay. That's all right. No judgment. (laughs) She's just like, she's not making friends on that vacation. Every time someone comes around her, she's like, oh, like I'm here to be alone with my fucking thoughts. Like get away. And I feel like if you have a little bit of like misanthrope, which comes usually from, you know, not really liking yourself that much, you're just kind of doomed. But anyway, that doesn't mean you shouldn't move to the country. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a live topic. It's not going to happen, you know, right away, like I said, but I am, I am thinking really seriously about it. I just, I think it would be nice to live in the country and have like five dogs and just become one of those people with a big dog smelly house, you know? I think it would be nice too. And like, just the, the flip side of that is just, when I was in Iceland for that month and I was right near a lake and every day I walked down to the lake and I got to see the lake change every morning, you know, depending on the weather. And it was an incredibly grounding experience to be in nature in that way and to be humbled by nature and, you know, just observe it quietly. Mm -hmm. And I think that that we really, most of us really miss out on that part of life, which I think connects us to something more primal. Yeah. And I think that that could be a really beautiful way to spend this next part of your life. I think so, it could be too. You know, I think it we'll could see. be too. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Go, go no, you go ahead. I had nothing. I was going to say, <laughs> so I was going to say, so Elon Musk is buying Twitter. I no, don't, <laughs> I know Elon Musk is buying Twitter and somebody 
somebody I, somebody published something on Twitter yesterday about how something like $39 billion would solve homelessness in this country. Right. Well, right. This is right. something I really don't understand. I mean, Mackenzie, what is her last name? Jeff Bezos' ex-wife. Um, I don't know, but yes, I Anyway, she got her divorce settlement and has just been spreading it all around, you know. But most of these guys and most of the people in Hollywood are not philanthropic and I don't understand it. I don't understand why somebody like Jerry Seinfeld or Larry, you don't hear more about, I mean, Larry David's pretty involved in the environment. But, right. you know, Jennifer Aniston, why do you never hear? I mean, maybe she quietly gives away millions. I don't know. I think she gives away millions to children's charities. But really? I mean, but yeah, but but she's not at an Elon Musk level. We're talking no. about these billionaires who, instead of like wanting to solve homelessness, you know, shoot themselves into space. I mean, yeah. when I think of Bezos in that little fucking space suit, I know. Like, How about what I, he looked like afterward when he was wearing cowboy boots? I just, I maybe a cowboy hat too. Like it's so fucking embarrassing. Jeff it's Bezos, so embarrassing. Jeff Bezos is having, you know, to my mind, like the most spectacular flame out of a midlife crisis that I've ever seen, and it's just gross. I mean, it's just gross, and he deserves to do whatever he wants and to follow his bliss. But I think he's gross. I think he's gross too. And I, you know, I think, I think we shouldn't have billionaires. I mean, look, I agree with Elizabeth Warren. There should not. Why, why does anybody get to hoard all our money? Elizabeth Warren is right. They're like, I'm self-made. No, you yeah. were made on the streets that taxpayers paid for. You were made with, you know, there's a million reasons why you were these made people on the became backs of like low, low paid warehouse workers it is That's kind right. of amazing, though, that um, they successfully successfully unionized here. I know, I know. That it's like makes me like nothing makes me cry. But I was reading that article, and I was like. No, it was exciting. That was that was that's exciting. And I did see, you know, Elizabeth Warren, whatever. We don't have to get into politics, but I did see her out on the morning shows this weekend, just being like, these people are cowards and traitors. Like I just saw her out there just being yeah. like, listen, let's just start saying the truth. No more like pussing around this shit. These are cowards and traitors. This needs to end. What know? happens when you get that rich that makes you get so greedy? I mean, we were talking about this a little bit before we got on the podcast this morning. There is a thing, there's a trap of wealth that I've never had. And you were telling the story about like somebody understanding that like you got a note card from your boss and a person understood what that stationery should be like. You were talking to a person who grew up wealthy. Yes. yes. And she knew she flipped around the note card to feel if it was involved, if it was raised. If it was raised in boss, and that is a, not a thing I would have ever known about. Yeah. I don't under like, so I think what happens is in the, like, once you reach an echelon of wealth, life is so much more convenient and so much better. Like what, like, it's kind of like, once you start flying first class, yeah. it's so hard to not fly first class. Yeah. Once you start understanding the ease with which you can move through the world with wealth and power, mm -hmm. you're so terrified of ever not. Yeah. And then it gets worse and worse and worse. The trappings get worse and worse. And also your idea of yourself, your self-perception becomes so skewed. Yeah. You become, I mean, they've done studies on this. They've like, there was a story in the Atlantic a couple of years of how like wealth, power, and fame change actually change your brain chemistry which i think i've probably talked about because i referenced it oh, a lot no, um, that's fascinating but it's almost like it's almost like going through a maze as a as like a, a mouse right it, it, it trains your brain to 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 walk through things in a different way right when the maze is easy your brain changes when when there are fewer corners that you have to get around yeah yeah. Your brain, your brain changes. Everybody's saying yes to you. You can have whatever you want. I mean, 
half the people I know right now, this is a little bit different, but half the, the people I know right now, I would, I think this is fair to say in their, in long-term marriages in their late forties, early fifties would probably be divorced right now if they had money. And they stayed in their marriages because they couldn't just throw it away yeah. because financially and half of those people, their marriages came back up and they're happy again. Mm-hmm. Like really in love with each other again. Yeah. Yeah. When you can throw anything away, yeah. when there's no consequences, of course. I used to call it when I was at Condé Nast, I called it the learned helplessness of the Condé Nast editor in chief. And I mean, there were things I was fully capable of doing for myself before I got that job that after I got that job, including like getting my own lunch, you know, that or, you know, I spent the day after I was fired, like making, you know, putting my, my assistants paid all my bills for me. Right. Right. You know, they did everything for me. And then I heard this story once and I'm going to say who it's about because I'm also going to say that it's maybe apocryphal. Okay. Um, but um, I heard a story that David Remnick, the editor of The New Yorker, which is a Condé Nast publication, years ago was at the Four Seasons in L.A. And he called his assistant back in New York to ask him to ask housekeeping to send up extra towels. Maybe it's Come not on. a true story, but I enjoy that story. You're talking about that learned help- helplessness. Imagine that. I can't. Exp- you know, multiplied thousands and thousands of times the other thing that happens when you're that rich is you're never alone you're never alone you have so many people who work for you you have people in your house you have bodyguards you know you for sure have bodyguards no i once interviewed prince charles's butler former butler (laughs) (laughs) he used to put toothpaste on prince charles's toothbrush in the morning I was like, are you fucking kidding me? No, you're that rich. You don't even squeeze your own toothpaste. No, I you mean, don't know. Little... You don't know how much anything costs. And so you're just, you're like a fucking monster living in the world. You're, you're spoiled, rotten child. Listen to us both sounding so bullshit today. I know. Sorry, but I'm, you know, no, I'm, but I'm it's a, true. I mean, I'm a little true. bit of a socialist. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I can't in good, the, the, the founding editor of a magazine about shopping can never in good conscience say that she is <laughs> right. any degree socialist. But I do think that the kind of wealth that some of these people have is obscene. It's just it obscene. Is. And when I made a lot of money, I paid a lot of taxes and I never tried to get around it because, and I know, I know as it's a different scale. But a lot of those motherfuckers don't even pay taxes. No, like zero, zero dollars in taxes. It's It's crazy. It's just amazing. Take a quick break for some ads. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin, and I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hyacera. It's a once daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. 
Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule, essenced with soothing vanilla. I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry-leading sustainability. It, it meets, sorry, all of the industry-leading sustainability standards. You know I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump, and Hyacera absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long, and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks more juicy, I guess, is the best way to do it. Say it, do it. Ah. Okay, so you can start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash fine. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription to get today. That's ritual.com slash fine for 25% off. And we're back. Okay, let me talk about a product I really liked. Okay, please go, <laughs> go, 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 go. Because I've got this, I I know I should not use antiperspirant, you know. Okay. Because antiperspirant has aluminum in it. Can, right. You know, people think maybe it can cause breast cancer. I've never been able to get a clear answer on this. I but, think that's been debunked, but whatever, I hear you. Yes. Well, I feel like, you know, having had breast cancer once, I don't feel like inviting it back in the door. Right. Right, right, so, right. But I've never found a deodorant. I have, you know, I think I, I, I think I, I have smelly armpits, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I do. And I, I was always afraid to use deodorant. You can't smell your own armpits unless it's really bad. Jen, Jen just tried to smell her armpit <laughs> for those of you not watching. Go ahead. So Go ahead. anyway, I, I, I found this stuff just at Dwayne Reed. Mm -hmm. And it's by this brand called Vichy, V-I-C-H-Y which mm -hmm. is European, I think French. So I've Vichy, seen that brand. Vichy 24-hour yeah. dry-touch roll-on deodorant. We'll put it in the show notes, but I'm telling you, I have never, ever, ever, ever been able to wear deodorant. Oh, like, well, I mean, that's amazing. It's amazing. It works as well as antiperspirant, I really think. I don't wear deodorant. Some people don't. I don't. And I, you know, and sometimes I have smelly armpits, but not, not that, not that much. And also it's a thing I kind of don't care about. It's disgusting. I'm like French. I don't care. <laughs> I don't, I really don't care. Can I tell you the other day, it's like, Vogue, I was thinking, God, the world has really changed on Vogue's website. Mm -hmm. They had a slideshow of women with unshaven armpits. Wow. For, as what? To like, to, it's like, like look what? at these chic women with unshaven armpits or you know, like free the armpit. I don't know. But I was like, wow, times have changed. I stopped shaving my armpits during the pandemic and I haven't, I don't know if I'm ever going to go back to it. I kind of, I don't know. I'm, well, I'm changing as a person. Like I'm into like a new thing, I guess. And now it I have, I kind of have armpits. I'm exactly <laughs> smelly unkempt. Yeah, exactly. 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 Smelly unkempt. And also definitely like 70s lesbian is my total aesthetic these days. It's just like a Billie Jean King. I mean, where this is all heading someday is Diane Keaton for sure. Um, but <laughs> that's, 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 that's neither here nor there. No, I really am happy with my, um, I have, I mean, I don't have new product recs, but I basically have figured out that if I go to the Shawnee Darden website, I just buy all the recommended products there. I bought mm -hmm. my, um, my super goo. Um, I think it's super goo sunblock there, the sunblock mm -hmm. 50, which I really like. I like her. I, I like Shawnee Darden's eye cream. I like the, um, the retinol and I like the, the glycolic, the glycolic peel pad. So I've just been, that's like a one shot shop for me. And I've been doing it every couple of months and then the vitamin C powder. And I feel like my skin is I really got it finally down. Um, Your skin looks great. I'm really happy about that. So my, that's my product rec. We have a bunch of questions. I, in the 11th hour, put up um, a on our Facebook group who wants to ask us questions. And we have a bunch of questions. Do you want to answer them? Unless Let's you have answer. something else, update. Yes. Do you have any other updates you want any to talk about? Any other updates? No? Um, yeah, before. No, no really other updates. I think I talked about my things. 
I think I All talked right. about my things. I um, I did watch a great movie that I'd seen before, but um, Paul had not seen it, so we watched it from the '90s to Die For. Oh my God, Nicole Kidman at her peak. Nicole Just, Kidman, ugh. so good. Ugh. She was, there was a moment there that there's also something called birthday girl. I think there's like mm -hmm. a moment where she is just unstoppable. Just like you cannot, you can't stop looking at her because she's just exquisite, but she's also like an incredible actress. Just, she, she is has such a good run. actress. Yeah. I think if this was like right after her divorce from Tom Cruise and she was taking, taking different kinds of roles, um, it's such a good movie. Just if you guys haven't seen it, so worthwhile and, and it's and funny. Also, yeah. no, she's 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 so so good. Um, I didn't watch anything this week. I only worked. Mm -hmm. um, okay, all right. Here we have a bunch of questions. This is so exciting. Okay, how do you manage perimenopause and menopausal rage anger, especially if it lasts for more than a few days? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to defer to you because I wouldn't say that I had a lot of, I didn't have rages. Um, okay. So this is my, my menopause rant and understand that I am not a doctor, but this is my mm -hmm. menopause advice. So the first, I've had a very, very, very severe perimenopause. I've had almost every symptom of the 37 symptoms you can have or whatever it is, 97 symptoms. I don't remember. And I've been to several specialists and read a bunch of books. The first thing anybody's going to tell you in any of these things who's worth any kind of salt is check your vitamin D levels because mm -hmm. vitamin D actually acts as a kind of hormone weirdly. And if you have extremely low vitamin D, it can exacerbate the perimenopause transition. So get your vitamin D levels checked. The second thing that will help regulate you that at least has helped regulate me and might help regulate you is cutting out things that are triggers for perimenopause symptoms, which will include mood fluctuations and hot flashes. And those triggers may be caffeine, maybe alcohol, maybe refined sugar. You have to sort out what that is for you. Then there are lots of herbal remedies that people take. Um, they didn't work for me that well, but they work for other people. There's maca. There's black coash. Um, there's some herbal things. You can look into the herbal things. Electra Health, which is a, um, a community of nurse practitioners, I think, but who are experts in menopause and they do telehealth. So look up Electra Health. They're people we should have on the podcast, by the way. They're really good. The founders are excellent. They got in touch with me. I should get in touch. Year, months yeah. ago, I think. They're, I they're really, really great. And I think their approach to this is really smart and well-informed because I think this is both like, this can be handled in both, you know, an East meets West thing to get mm -hmm. the, get the whole thing right. Acupuncture can work to balance your hormones. Um, the reason you're having the rage is because your, your, your hormones are just out of whack. They're up, they're down, they're up, they're down. It's like, it's like PMS. It's just like a crazy, when the, when the estrogen and the progesterone drop, you're just, you're, you're crazy. You're either yeah. angry or you're depressed, you know, can be anything anxious. And then if you are a candidate for hormone replacement therapy, talk to, talk to a doctor, talk to a naturopath, see if you are a candidate for it, because that can really, really help regulate things. And if you are a candidate, it's not necessarily as scary as everyone has made it out to be. No, it's um, not. But again, I'm not a doctor, so please talk I to I know, but how, good in, how much good information did you just share? I did. And then I like, what's what fresh hell is this? I think that Heather Corinna's book is an excellent guide for all of this if you haven't picked that up. Um, and what fresh hell is this deals, you know, as the title suggests, uh, with a lot of the rage and the anger. Now, in the short term, you know, how do you deal with anger? It's like taking a break. That's I, yep. as a person who has been through a lot of therapy specifically for anger, it is learning to take the time out so that you can get perspective on the moment. Because if you're reactive for whatever reason, your, your own trauma, your hormone imbalance, the nature of your relationships, who knows, taking a time out, really saying, I need to get perspective on this because the anger is not what's bad. It's the reaction. Right. that the anger brings. And if you cannot react, the anger will pass. So that's my, that's my advice. Do you have anything to add? 
No, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> okay. I don't. Next question. Okay. I'm curious about spiritual practices. Do you have one? How did you find it? How does it impact your quality of life? If you don't have one, why and do you care? I don't have a consistent one. Um, and I do care, but I also, I, 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 I define spiritual very broadly. You know, what spiritual is to me. I mean, spiritual to me is having a connection to your gratitude right-sizing yourself you know i am i have meditated i find that helpful i find it really 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 hard but people say just the practice of doing it is helpful even if you feel like you're not good at meditating and you know i mean as far as like the big questions about spirituality go i feel like i you know, I don't know if I believe in God, but I certainly believe in something. I certainly believe that, you know, I mean, you know, when you're 17 years old and you get really stoned on pot and you're like, who created this world and who created the world that created this world? And what about that world? You know, like I can still send myself into that tailspin pretty quickly. And then it's impossible not to believe there's some greater spirit just to, for me. So that's a long way of saying, no, I don't have a consistent spirituality practice. You? So, yeah, I was raised Catholic, which was complicated. You know, I went through all of the, the things that you go through, baptism, communion, confirmation, first marriage was in a Catholic church. Um, always had problems with Catholicism. And then my parents became very new age, particularly my mother. So I was raised with a lot of like drum circles and, you know, chakra candles mm -hmm. and crystals and, and those kinds of things, which I would say both of those religious experiences were used in inappropriate ways to keep us in line as kids. Mm -hmm. um, so I had a complicated relationship with spirituality growing up, um, both new age and, and, you know, old age, um, I have gone through stages in my life where I've really, really relied on meditation, like mm -hmm. profoundly an hour in the morning, an hour at night. I've been on 10 day silent meditation retreats. I am not meditating right now. It winds up being the first thing to go when I get busy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, snacks. What's your favorite snack? <laughs> <laughs> I have so many favorite snacks. I love wasabi peas. Mm -hmm. Um, there's this kettle brand. This is really bad because I shouldn't be eating this at all. Kettle, I think it's kettle brand Korean barbecue taste and flavored potato chips. That sounds amazing. That tastes like Korean barbecue. They're so good. I can't even stand it. That's wonderful. <laughs> um, so those, but I try to not keep them in the house because they're potato chips. So I, I like cheese. I'm a big cheese fan. I don't know. What are your snacks? Well, I, I used to be just like a constant snacker and I had to stop because that was part of what was fucking up my digestion. Mm. Everything was just constant grazing. So I have stopped, but okay. My favorite, my real favorite snacks, classic Lay's potato chip. Mm. Oh my God. I could eat eight bags. Um, I like chocolate covered almonds. I, you know, I'm a hummus and carrots person. Me too, I'll do that. Me too. That's, that's a nice, that's an easy snack. I mean, basically, if it's in the house, I'll eat it, you know, and eat it's, a lot of it. If it's in the house, it's a snack. It qualifies. Oh, and I make, I make popcorn a lot. I, I make my own popcorn a lot and, you know, put butter on it and salt. That's good. I also eat, I mean, and it's kind of embarrassing because I'm 58 years old, but I really like sour gummies. Any kind of sour gummy, I'm there. I have a small addiction to cough drops. <laughs> no reason it's so funny i just it always have co cough drops with me and i've been noticing now that people know that i'm a person who carries co cough drops it actually comes in handy a lot because i think as you get older your um your vocal cords are less lubricated as everything is less <laughs> lubricated so <laughs> it would figure so it really helps um okay next question um Okay, this is a really hard one, but we're going to answer it. Okay, if Pamela Adlon agreed to be on your podcast, but you could only ask her one question, what would it be? Um, what topics did you 
want to approach in the show, but you decided it was too much? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I, I, I would, I, I think that I might want to know how she feels about this accomplishment, how it feels to have put out a show, a dream show like this and where she feels like that's now positioned her in her career mm-hmm. and life. Right. So you, is this like, is this it, is this the one, you know, did she finally reach it? And does, where's her ambition now? That's a good question. That's yeah. a good question. Now I saw that somebody in an old document asked how we met our partners. Oh yeah. Let's do that. Let's answer that one. Um, you go first. <laughs> I met my partner on Tinder. I did. I, I, I was going through a particularly losing, a particularly bad losing streak on streak on Tinder. And he, if, if you pay extra, you can like send notes to people before you've matched with them. And he sent me a note saying he liked my musical tastes. And I wasn't sure about writing back to him because I have had three deal killers when I was dating online. One was if there was a photograph of the person with the celebrity. Two, if there was a photograph of the person at the gym. And three, finally, if there was a person, a photograph of the person on a private jet. And? And he had a picture of himself with the guys in Devo. Okay. Which I ultimately, but I remember I showed you his picture and I was like, I don't know. I mean, and you were like, he looks fun. He looks cool. <laughs> I showed another friend. She's like, he looks really cool. So I did get in touch with him. And then we, um, and then we made a plan for a date. And we got, and then it just all happened. And you guys met because you worked together, right? We worked together. Alex was 23. It was both of our first job in New York, except I just started so late. So Alex was 22 or 23, and I was almost 28. And we just liked each other. We happened to have apartments near each other in Brooklyn. So we would often ride the train home after work together. We started doing laundry together on the weekends and getting high. And he had a girlfriend, but we were just friends. And then four years after that, we saw each other at a party one night and his he had broken up with his girlfriend and we became friends again. And then we were friends for a couple of months and finally we're like, oh, let's start making out. Like it was <laughs> just, it was just the easiest we were just really good friends. We were like the kind of friends who like you were reading a book and you emailed the person like a big passage from it. You know, we mm-hmm. were those kinds of, we were really conversationally complimentary. We just, you know, it's one of those things that it was like, it should have been obvious. And if I was watching a movie of my life, it would have been obvious, but mm-hmm. it wasn't at the time. Um, but the, that's how I met him. I like that story. It's fine. It's good. Um, Jesus Christ, we're going to have to answer some of these later. Um, Okay. Always interested to hear more about midlife friendships. Loved your author episode about this topic. How frequently do you and Kim, do you and Kim make new friends and how do you go about it? How much effort goes into friendship maintenance these days? I would say I make new friends almost never. Yeah. And you know, that's just the truth. I do. Um, make new friends. But, you know, like I made friends with my friend, Michelle, who lived in my building on Delancey Street. Right. You know, and then you think you made a friend and then it's like, oh, wait, you know, that one didn't happen. It didn't take. Yeah. But I would say that I do spend, you know, a decent amount of energy on friendship maintenance, certainly more than I did when I was younger. I spend a lot more time on friendship maintenance than I used to at 100% really just checking in with my, you know, core 10 people mm-hmm. um, and things I didn't used to do, like, you know, going for a walk so I can have a conversation with them privately, you know, taking time away from the time I have with my husband to spend time with friends, prioritizing going out with them over going out with him at this point. Mm -hmm. So I think that instead of making new friends, one thing I've been doing is I've been going back a lot to old friendships. Mm -hmm. I've been like texting my high school friends. I've become, you know, investing in the friendships that I kind of let lapse, you know? I mean, I will say this is one thing, at least in my life, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was true in other people's lives too, that COVID really helped with. I reconnected with so many people during COVID, so many old friends that now feel like really solid, good friendships again. 
I, I find the whole thing really frustrating. I think I'm getting better at it. Um, and I don't have as much anxiety around it as I used to. Yeah, um, I don't either. I used to have more. Yeah, no, I think we've both gotten better at this. Um, okay, I think wait, I think I we did it. Didn't I we think do we it? did it. I think we did it. Okay, wait. Yeah, I think we did it. We did it. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's an episode. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Happy 100, Kim France. Yay. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Everything is Fine. We're your hosts. I'm Jen Romolini. And I'm Kim France. And we should also say thank you, Talia Bacassis, for having the idea to start this podcast in the first place. 100% many thanks to Talia Bacassis. Um, if you like this show, please rate and review it on the podcast. We frequently read reviews on air, five-star reviews. So please send them in. Um, if you want to support the show's the production of the show, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com backslash everything is fine. We're on social media. We're on Instagram at EIF podcast. We're on Twitter. We have a private Facebook group, which is where we got all of the questions from today. You can find Kim on her blog, girlsofacertainage.com. You can find me on tinyletter.com backslash everything is fine. And I keep forgetting to say this, and I'm very sorry I do. Our show is edited and mixed by Natalie Rivera, who we love very, very much and could not do it without. And that's it. That's the week. <laughs> Yay. Yay. 